0: to another powerful message from C3 Southwest Washington. We are so excited you're here with us and we believe God has more in store for you. Awesome, good to to be in God's house this morning. Amen, amen. Uh, Let me just give a couple quick announcements real quick and then we'll uh, we'll step into the message. For our 18 to 25 year olds, big conference happening uh, January 3rd, 4th, 5th and 6th in Atlanta, Georgia. We believe so much in this. We're willing to invest in portion of your cost. Find out the details. There's an early bird deadline uh, that's coming up at September, I believe, the 28th. you register for this online. Find out the details afterwards. Also, this Wednesday night for all of our men, you're invited to come out for Superman Night, which is the next slide they'll bring up. And we want to invite you to join us in the back room. We'll be having some guy time, some prayer, harassing one another, storming the gates in prayer and uh, no axe throwing because the room's too small for that but we who knows we might light something on fire so that being said um, i want to draw your attention to revelation chapter 3:8. we're in a series entitled unlocked we're talking about things in our lives that can become locked that should be unlocked that we know it's god's will for it to be unlocked but i'm standing before a locked door i was listening to a woman giving a ted talk and she told the story about driving down the road and being 20 minutes early to, to an appointment and she saw her favorite store uh, right on the side near where she was going, so it's the annual sale, I'll run in there, and she did. And she tried on an outfit and looked at her watch, it's, I gotta get to my appointment. And so she put the, the outfit back on the rack, is gonna come back and pay later, went out to the car, grabbed the door handle, has this ha- happened to any of you? And realized the door is locked and I can see my keys inside the ignition. Anybody you have done that? How many times you've done it more than once? Some of you, yes. Some. Of, this lady had done that more than once and she didn't wanna call the locksmith because she was at the point where she had frequent flyer miles and he was harassing her. So she called her husband and her husband was like, Again, just call the locksmith, I gotta go to work. It's like, please, I don't wanna call him, he makes fun of me, will you just come? And he was a little irritated and she didn't like how he talked to her on the phone and he demanded, listen, you better be there waiting by the car when I get there because I'm gonna be late for work and she said yes, and then she looked at her watch and thought, I've got about 15 minutes till he gets here. She ran back into the store and she tried on the outfit and was able to purchase it. And when she came out, she, uh, her husband still wasn't there. So she was standing, waiting, watching her watch. And as five, 10 minutes goes by, she walks. She's looking at the car and one of the back doors is unlocked. And she thinks to herself, oh my gosh, if my husband shows up and sees that the door is unlocked, he's going to make fun of me. I don't know what to do. So she goes and she locks the door and closes it. This is day before her cell phone. So she originally used the phone in the store to call her husband. So in going back in, she saw the original person who she talked to and said, oh, hey, by the way, while you were in trying on this outfit, your husband showed up and, and you weren't there. So he told me he unlocked the back door so that you could get in the car and that way nobody would go through the front door like they would to steal the car. And it's at that moment, it dawns on her that the door has now been locked twice because of her. And she was not calling her husband back to say, hey, can you let me back in? So she had to call the locksmith again to unlock the door. We just find in life sometimes there are some locked doors for lots of different reasons. Sometimes we experience things in our health, doctor can't figure out why. And we're like, God, I know that this isn't what you want and yet here I am, the door is locked, I can't get through it. And maybe it's in your finances, maybe it's in a relationship, maybe it's in your parenting, maybe it's in, in your marriage, maybe it's just in your direction for the future. You're like, I know this door should open, I know this should not be locked, and yet here I stand and I can't get through it. What do I do? And there's this beautiful portion of scripture that comes out of Revelation. It was actually, this is Jesus speaking from heaven to seven different churches at the beginning of Revelation. So he speaks specifically To a church in a city called Philadelphia. And one of the things that he says there, he says, behold, I have set before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. And maybe if you're like me, when you first read that, you're like, oh man, God just said, hey, boom, here's the door. It's open. Go through it. But the way the original Greek verbiage is structured, what really it's saying is there was a door that was locked that shouldn't have been, and you were trying to get through. You were praying. You were processing. You were dialoguing. You were researching. You were calling whoever you knew. You were storming the gates in prayer. The door wouldn't open. I have seen your posture. I have seen your actions. I will say this, Jalise, great, great time of prayer, and I agree. It all starts with prayer, but I want you to hear something else, that after you've prayed, buddy, you better do something. Yeah. Because God doesn't just come down and send magic potions to make things work. We pray, we storm the gates of heaven, we speak to our mountain, and then we get a shovel. We call a friend with a shovel. If we don't know how to move a mountain, we watch some YouTube videos. We go to somebody who does move mountains. We don't just say, I'm just believing God to help my marriage. Things are locked up right now. Well, what does that look like? Is an angel going to come down and breathe pixie dust on your marriage to make it all better? It's probably in the shape it is because of you. Oh, got a lot of amens on that one. Most of your locked doors are usually locked by you. Amen? You locked the door. You left the keys. Then you locked it on purpose because you didn't want to look stupid or because you were tempted or because you just didn't want to ask anybody for help or you didn't want to actually do the hard work of mountain moving. But today is your day to see your mountain moved and understand, well, let me just pray. Father, (laughs) I might go on a rant today, okay. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness. But God, you are not the mountain mover. You have the ability to create the mountains and other people build mountains. You invited us to a relationship with you so that we could move mountains. You did not say to pray to you and that you would move mountains. You said to speak to our mountains. And if we believe, which is more than just in our minds, it's with our hands, it's with our research, it's with our relationships. We don't just speak mountain move, but we lean into the mountain and we begin to push with everything we have. Father, it's in those moments, God, you do so many great things. I pray that you will teach us that process today of seeing doors open. Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, and everyone, nice and loud, said amen. Amen. High five the person next to you, give the Lord a big hand, and let's dive in, okay? Let's keep moving on. I've got a lot to cover today, um, but there are locked doors that should be open. Now, next week, we're gonna talk about how did the door get locked and why? Not every door is locked in front of you because uh, most of them are not locked by God, for sure. And there's a lot of reasons why that you're experiencing a locked door, and I've already expressed it's likely that you've locked your own door. Uh, Not always, but we'll talk about that next week. But as we consider this idea of locked doors, we see it all throughout scripture. These are some of the greatest stories in all of the Bible that have been already preached in the last few weeks, not by myself. Pastor Rowena preached uh, first about the widow who lacked the resources in a famine for her son, And, and yet, the door opened through a miracle. There were certain things that she did to see the resources come from God through other people into her own life. And then uh, we talked the next week about a man who had a son that was sick for years, and he was trying to go to the doctor, he was trying to go to the disciples, and yet by a certain amount of actions, his son was healed. The door opened up. Uh, last, a couple of weeks ago, Jen preached on Joseph and the fact that God had given this, him this great big promise, and yet the door didn't open right away. In fact, the door seemed to close in on him and push him in the opposite direction in his mind of, of, of the door actually opening. He was going backwards. And yet through a series of actions and time, the door opened wide and allowed him to step into all that God had for him. I've experienced a number of these seasons and in some areas of my life right now and in church life, I'm experiencing those. Closed doors are Definitely a a part of life. And even though I'm following Jesus, in following him, he experienced closed doors. You know, every door didn't just open for Jesus. Jesus functioned to see those doors open and lived that way so that we could see how it's done. Now, some of you are gonna be like, no, 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 the doors opened for Jesus because he's Jesus. But what I would argue with you is Jesus put aside the Jesus, when he humbled himself and became a man, so that then he could grow in his experience, in faith, in, in his relationship with the Father as a man, the Bible says he put his divinity or his divine power to the side and began to walk as a man. And any miracle that he performed, he performed through the power of the Spirit and all the things taught in Scripture so that he could demonstrate for you how these same things happen and how you can participate in these same things. And so when you see Jesus do something amazing, he's not showing off. In fact, the miracles don't necessarily, aren't really the thing that really validate him the most. I mean, it's the resurrection that validates who he is and, and the Spirit of God raised him from the dead. But however... This is all in scripture so that you can learn what's possible for your own life. And so as we look down through and we see in our own personal lives, this idea of experiencing locked doors, I I experience them, you experience them, but I have the confidence that God is going to help me when I face a locked door and I discern that the will of God is for me to go through this thing, there's some things that happen in the process. Uh, There's a quote here that I'll read to you. It says, your life will include difficult locked door seasons. Because that's the challenge. It seems like the locked door is not just a day, it's not just a week, it can turn into a season. Especially if you don't navigate that season well. It can turn it into a really long season. But if you posture yourself correctly and proceed forwards in, with wisdom, uh, this can become the most valuable season you'll ever experience in your life. And we watch that in the stories of people that we've read about so far and will in the next few weeks the people who navigate forward to to address those closed doors, they recognize that there's a treasure to onboard, especially in situations that are not God's will. I mean, we we think that, oh, this is so great. God's will is so easy. There's no closed doors, and we celebrate that. But there is something to be celebrated when you stand before a closed door because there is an opportunity for a divine transaction and onboarding of a value add that you'll never get any place else. That the resistance of a closed door has the potential, has the potential, if you navigate correctly, to offer some things into your life that otherwise wouldn't show up. See, while God did not lock the doors that I'm talking about, there's some doors that are locked by God for reasons. That's for next week. But if this is a locked door that should be open, while God didn't lock that door because it is locked, he will reward your faith-filled posture with his very best. And I, would, I, would, I, get, I honestly get excited when a door is locked that I know should be open and I have to go through that process of seeing it open, I'm like, God is in heaven right now, angry because this door is locked and I can't wait to see what he adds for my hassle. Anybody alive? You're like, you, you actually do that? Yes. Every time you read the Old Testament, when someone is done wrong, According to the law, not only is what was done wrong to them re-added into their life, but there's always the principle of adding a fifth. Listen, if you stole somebody's cow, not only did you have to return the cow, but you had to return an additional fifth. Because God is a God of justice, and when we lose something, he doesn't just replace it, he adds something extra to it. That is a principle of who God is. In fact, we say with our declaration over and over, God is a God of more. God is a God of more when you've been done wrong. Now, here's the key. That door has been locked by something or some. You know, I, I just say it like this. Everything in this world is gonna fight to lock doors in front of you. And when you address them correctly, God is going to pour more in because of the hassle if you navigate correctly. Yeah. Because there can be some things that, happen during this moment while the door is locked that you actually add to reinforce the locking of the door. There's a correct posture for getting through a door. There is a correct way to navigate forward. And during this time of seeing the door is locked to when the door opens, if you'll participate in a couple of things I'm about to say, they will just add uh, ease ability to get through that door, quickness, You'll you'll, the things that need to happen for the door to open will all fall into place. But be aware that when you face a closed door, no matter what it is, you can make it worse just by your words, your attitudes, your actions, storming off, kicking the door, blaming other people for the door, blaming God for the closed door. Uh, I don't know, God said if I gave you, He would bless me. And, well, he, but He didn't, he, there's a principle that if you spend all your money on stuff that you shouldn't, even if you do give, your tithe is not gonna make up for stupidity. I mean, I have found that God is very graceful in stupidity, but if you just live in a season of perpetual stupidity, is that okay to say? Last couple weeks, the lines moved around. I got a little more freedom to walk these days while preaching. Thank you very much. You know who you are. Okay, we all know who you are. So with that, um, let me give you a couple of things that can happen when that door is closed and when that door is locked. The value of your locked door season, number one, this is, this is key to, to draw close to God. This becomes a moment where you lean in, not just to the door, but lean into the Lord. Yeah. I mean, we sang it today. Uh, Jocelyn, where's Jocelyn at? She's, she's somewhere is here. She said, Jocelyn, phenomenal job today. When I I had my eyes closed and you were singing that song, number one, you have worked hard. You have the right voices in your world. You navigate through challenges with great grace and smile. so proud of you. That's reinforcing that spirit within you that God has placed that's gonna unlock doors as you sing. And while you were singing, I I lost it for a couple seconds. I told Leslie, I said, I will always be involved with this. Because I remember the day that Jocelyn walked in. And all the hard work to do what we do. I mean, God has done what he's done in her life and is doing and I'm so proud and her parents are so proud and the future looks so awesome. And you're, you're gonna be a, a, a flat out kingdom rock star. You know what I mean by that. But, you, but all of that hasn't just happened in your world. It's through other people, it's other processes. There was a season where we didn't have a building and a bunch of people got together and gave. I wanna tell you, it's all those things put together that unlocks people's futures. In fact, every time I give, I'm giving for the future Steve Parrish that will walk into this church because just like Jocelyn, there was a day when I walked into a church that was there. Somebody had given, somebody had served, somebody had grinded it out to find the building, to dig the hole in the ground. I'm sure there were some problems in that building program too. I'm sure there were some feelings hurt. Well, I wanna make the carpet pink pinks for girls. We want to be attractive to the men. Let's make it like this. And, you know, there's no fight in our church for stuff like that, but there are in some churches, but they ground it out. You know that the night that I got saved, there was a young man preaching who a year and a half before that, he was a pastor's son and had gone through a divorce. His wife left him for someone else in the church. And as a pastor, he thought my, my ministry is over. I'm done. Siri, I do not need your help at this time, but thank you. Um, I hear somebody talk. Who's talking? Okay. Um, And somebody had breathed life into him to say, it's not over. He's like, it is over. How can I stand up and preach God's word when I'm such a failure? You didn't fail. Somebody failed you. And so he traveled and very, very nervously, he got up and he spoke. And there were probably 30 kids my age, 18 years old, that got saved that week. And not just that, but Somebody who had been attending the church thought about my mom and dad and invited us over for dinner. I mean, yes, God saved me, but God saved me through people. God saved me from, it was the long game that a group was playing. Not like, let's have one service and see what happens. And if it goes good, we'll do it again next week. No, these people grounded out and had a long-term vision for the generations. And so, watching Jocelyn, watching so many of our young adults, watching Nate for the first time be back there in production today. I, I remember the day Nate walked in. Man, I was like, oh, I, th- I got to meet that guy. He's got good hair. We need to shave it off. He's got to look like the rest of us. But you could tell in talking with Nate, there's, there's a touch on his life for the future. And yet, that's a process. It's not a done process. Elijah just showed up first time he visited today and he comes up to the altar. I was like, oh my gosh, that guy's, either he's, somebody threw him up here or something is happening. This is why we do what we do. We wanna see the doors open to your best life. Everything in this world is gonna fight those doors. Okay, those doors opening. You and the people in your world are gonna be the process of seeing the best come, but you gotta address this moment Properly, And the first step is prayer. But then the second step is doing something. Not waiting for it to happen. Not expecting somebody else to do it for you. You're going to have to knuckle down and do the hard work. I have heard lots of times. I'm sorry, I'm leaning forward. But (laughs) I have learned lots of times. I've had couples come to me and say, oh, we're really struggling, pastor. But we're believing God. He's going to help us. And I like to ask the question, so you're believing God. What does that look like? You know, because they're saying that there's a door that's shut in their life, in their marriage. Their marriage is not what it should be. On the other side is a healthy marriage. So what does believing God look like? Well, we're, we're believing Him. He can do anything. Yes, He can. But He's not going to do it for you. There is no miracle in the Bible that just happened out of thin air. Almost every, really every miracle that happened in the Bible happened because of the obedience of someone doing something every single one. Yeah. And your, your marriage that you're believing God for to get better is not going to get better by angels blowing pixie dust on you while you sleep. Yeah. I asked the question, like, so what, so what is believing God? Well, we're praying. Are you praying together? Oh, well, no. Oh gosh. So you go over here and you're mad and you think you're right and you're and you, so you tell God how right you are and to fix your wife. And the wife goes over here and she prays because she thinks you're wrong. And she prays. So you're both praying saying, hey, God, fix my spouse because they're messed up. And so are you, are you reading any books? Oh, no. Are you fasting at all? No. Are you going to any type? Are you talking to like a somebody who's qualified, not your girlfriend on the phone, not your guy friend on the phone, not having 25 people involved with the conversation who don't have a successful marriage, like identifying voices that you welcome into your life that are going to speak truth and help you to navigate forward. If I was having trouble building a straight wall as a contractor, after a while, I could be mad at the wood, I could be mad at the tools, I can be mad at Home Depot because no real guy shops at Lowe's. That's where we buy doilies <laughs> and stuff. That's for you know who that's for. And, but I would go to somebody who is successful. I wouldn't be just believing God that somehow my my walls are gonna get straight. Well, I stormed the gates of heaven. God come down and fix that wall. No, what you need to do is pray that prayer and say, okay, God, you're gonna fix it through me and through some other people, and I'm gonna call someone again, who, shop, who buys her stuff at Home Depot and builds stuff, and I'm gonna have them show me how they build straight walls. And I'm gonna be humble enough to listen to the input and then act upon it because they know what they're talking about. And then, unfortunately, because I've had the habit of doing something with a, hear me for a second, with a, it, do you know it's possible to have a completely good heart and still build a crooked wall? I've done it enough times. I can tell you it's very possible. And then to be aggravated at my tools and aggravated at the wood and aggravated at the city and aggravated at the people in my world, but to step back and say, okay, Lord, I'm believing you, but moving mountains looks like something. Uh, And so again, I um, uh, lean into it that way. Believing God looks like going for help, having some counseling, reading some books, and then dealing with the wall, correct? Okay, so it becomes a time to draw closer to the Lord. And there's great, great verses. You got to start there, drawing closer to the Lord. Because when you draw closer to the Lord, you have, you have that direct contact with the one who is, you're partnering with, who's going to help you to learn how to use your tools better. He's going to direct you to the information you need. This is a lot of information. There's a lot of voices. And by partnering with the Lord first, we're able to set the tone for how the mountain will ultimately get moved. Because how many of you know that there are enemies to your mountain moving? There are some forces and some people who want the wall to be crooked, who want you to waste time listening to what they say because they'll make money off of you, but you won't be able to build a wall, right? So this is about partnering with God because God will lead you to all truth. Which, and there's several verses here but, uh, that you can take a look at, and they're so valuable. They, they, they really are where my point is birthed from. We run into those places where God is first in times of trouble. We sang about that this morning. That's the starting place. That's first and foremost. God first, okay? Um, in that process also, um, this the value of this locked door season becomes a time to also hear the Holy Spirit's voice. You know, there is a tremendous gift that Jesus gave us when he left. He said, if I go away, I'm not gonna leave you as orphans. I'm not gonna leave you alone. I've been here to guide you, but I'm gonna send something that's in his words for this next season even better. I'm gonna send my spirit. He's been with you, but he's gonna be inside of you. And so when you say yes to following Jesus, there is an, the spirit of God comes into you. You become born again, and on board, available to you, is the voice of God to help direct you to all truth. Not just biblical truth, but the truth of, you know, I've experienced this, and Jenny alluded to this, we had had three kids. We had, well, we still do. Um, And we had never thought of some of the stuff that, pray for Jenny, there was some stuff that was said. But there was a thing that we used to say to our kids, it's not going to be fair. There are different rules for different people because everybody needs different rules because you're different people. And so your rules apply to you and your rules apply to you and your rules apply to you. And we would, we would communicate that, right? The beautiful thing about the, the Holy Spirit is as he comes into our life, he, he's gonna direct each of us as according to the, to the way that we need to go. But in order to be able to experience that, you've got to learn to lean in and hear his voice. It is there, it is available. He wants to direct you in all truth to for us. We had to discover the parenting of our children, for us, the, the future. Some people do it this way, Some people plan for the retirement that way. God's got a different way for it. We had to tune into what does the Spirit say for us. It still should line up with biblical principles, but He's leading me, us. And so even in that Lord. Uh, I'm believing you for my marriage. Part of leaning in to hear from the Holy Spirit or uh, to to get close to God is to put myself in a place where I begin to shut off all the noise of the world, shut off all the voices of all the people, shut off social media and begin to lean in to be able to try to hear what the Spirit is saying. And oftentimes it's just a simple whisper. We do a thing every November called November Fast. It's 21 days of prayer and fasting. A lot of churches do this on January 1st to January 20th. I find that fasting on January 1st is very inconvenient um, because of all that's going on. And so we set up the 21 days before Thanksgiving to actually pray in advance about the future year. And that includes Bible reading and some devotional stuff that we do and some fasting. That, fasting is giving up something so that you can really dial into God. Not that you're buying God off with what you gave up, but actually... In a way, this is what fasting is. Fasting is putting an intentional locked door in front of yourself so that you can work through it. That's actually what fasting is. Fasting creates a man-made door so that you can sharpen your skills so that when you come up to a locked door, already built within your arsenal is the strength to open it up. That's what fasting is all about. And it's amazing that during those times of me leaning in, how much clearer I'm able to hear specific instructions from God. No, it's not the voice out of heaven, but it's a, for me, it's always a deep stirring as I pray about an area of my life. And then there's this sense of, oh, I've literally bought investment property based on what was spoken to me by the spirit of God. God doesn't care what you buy. He wants to lead me in all truth. You understand that God cares about where you work, what you do for a living. God cares that you're low on resources, and he actually has the truth about how to see that increase in your life. Jesus talked more about money than he did heaven or hell because it's a very valuable thing in our lives. God cares about your resources. And so dialing in to hear from the Holy Spirit, he can help you to make a right investment. That's not just an investment that leads you into relationships that you didn't expect, and sometimes it's about the investment, Sometimes it's about a whole, all kinds of different stuff. And so being able to hear the spirit of truth, he's, he's called the spirit of truth because he wants to show you the right next steps to unlocking your door. And as you dial in, there'll be seasons where it's clearer and then seasons where it's like, I, it's like looking for a, a station on the old AM radio, you can't quite hear it. But then, if you really learn to listen to the Spirit, it becomes like my parents. They in 1976, I remember the date, 1976. They bought a Ford Granada Gear, and one of the selling points of the car that they bought, you're like what? The car that they bought, they bought is back in the big days of Smoky and the Bandit radio, uh, TV show, movies, and everybody was buying Cbs, and we had a 150 foot whip antenna in our backyard. And my parents had this hand thing with K&J 6246 was their call sign and they had CB in their car, my mom and my dad and my mom was, my, my dad was, what were their names? I can't remember what their, because you had to have a name. Does, am I talking to like people who have never heard about this before? Get to watch smoking. What's that? Your handle. What's your handle? And so my parents, they were, they were really into this. So when they bought this car, they bought an, a radio that had three things. Eight, it had AM, AM FM, it had an 8-track tape player. Yeah. And we had Wild Cherry play that funky music white boy. And I'm telling you that was my child was great. My childhood was that was awesome. And the radio also had something that was bizarre. It had a built-in CB radio, but it had a squelch knob. So while listening to play that funky music white boy, if the squelch knob was set correctly, and there was somebody on the same channel that we were on close enough, and they were trying to get in touch with us, it allowed that frequency to break into play that funky music, white boy, and breaker breaker is golden lady out there, which was my grandmother's handle. Cookie man was my grandfather's handle. He was cookie delivery man. My dad, I think, was weird beard, and my mom was probably something sweet and nice. Okay. And so while driving down the road, my grandparents could break through the noise to have a conversation. It took dialing the dial in, right? You have a dial that you can hear from God. Don't rely on everybody else to hear for God for you you can hear, God wants to speak to you. It won't be audible. You'll learn how to do it. You'll learn how to dial that, no, that knob in. And like during a November fast, that if I do this and I, if I turn off the TV, oh, whoa, I can hear God better. If I turn away the computer, if I lock the door, if you're a mom and keep the kids out, even though their fingers are in the door, look, mommy, can you see my fingers? Yes. But you're able to dial in, turn on the fan and run the water And it's there in those couple of moments, God, I I sense you, you're close. Yes, I can hear you. And if you do that regularly, you do that daily, you'll be able to walk in the spirit as the Bible says. But when the door is closed, it's essential that you do this during this time. Couples that tell me that they're believing on God for anything who don't fast. And I'm not talking about just giving up food, but I'm telling you what, if my marriage was... A sometimes I just fast because my body doesn't feel right and I've been eating too many Doritos. And I take 24 hours to clean out all the toxins and if I'm gonna do that just so I feel better, I'm gonna do that so I can get more in tune with God so that I can make sure my, I'm at my best so that I can be my best to try to fix the crooked wall so that the Steve that would otherwise walk into the crooked wall situation doesn't have a bad attitude and doesn't add to the locked door. When I'm aligned with him like this, it best allows me to step up to the closed door and address it correctly. You mean business, you really wanna see that door unlocked? Get serious. It's good to have other people pray for you. It's time to do the hard work. Get aligned with God, get close to God. It's gonna take a few days, maybe a few weeks, but put that time in so that you can now have a posture of faith instead of blaming your tools, instead of blaming all that's happening, or other people who've messed the situation up and locked the door, because that's sometimes how it happens. You'll still be, somebody locks the door on you, you do, do these couple of things, I'm telling you what, you're gonna be a force to be reckoned with and you're going through that door. God will help you, right? Okay, so let me, let me go to number three because I've got two minutes and 37 seconds left. okay. Uh, I'll say this, the value of your locked door season, if you do those first two things, is gonna be growth, growth, growth. There's gonna be so many things that grow inside of you. I, you know, there are part, some of you would like to have, I would, Shane, we had some new slides up on this morning and Shane was one of the guys and I was like, his bicep takes up a third of the screen. <laughs> you know how you grow in strength? By testing your strength. There's so much, so many good things that can come into this moment, if you address it correctly, if you pick up the weights, if you grab the shovel and you begin to dig as though it's difficult, but man, give God something to work with, put some work into it. I, I, I work out most mornings. I never am excited to go downstairs. I know I put a picture of my gym this week on the internet, more to encourage myself than you, to remind myself of why I do it and what it's all about. For the first 10 minutes of working out, it is, what was the poopy flush thing from a week ago? Okay, it feels like that. I I would love to say Rocky is there with me and we're running up the stairs and win! I play the music, maybe all I do is win, 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 but on the inside is all I feel like is this is, this sucks. (laughs) But, But there's something about doing that. And I'm not doing it so my arm takes up a third, although maybe someday it will. If it does, that's a bonus. I'm doing it because most of my family have lived into their mid-90s, but some of them have been immobile the last 10. I want to I I go out like Joshua and Caleb. Yeah. I want to go out kicking doors in for myself and for you through the Spirit of God. And it's hard to do that if I'm sick. Yeah. It's hard if I'm sick to believe God for your healing. I go down to that gym because there's a lot, a lot of closed doors and I don't want to be part of the reason they're locked and I also don't want to you know, reinforce locked doors. I don't wanna be weak. I wanna be able to charge in and be a part of seeing them open. So during this season, there's a lot of growth. In James chapter one, two through four, it says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials or you meet locked doors. It doesn't say to count it joy for the locked door. It says to count it, all joy when you see a locked door. It's not like, wow, yes, yay! Trials. But it's joy because you recognize there's an opportunity here in the trial. When you read the next, next uh, verse there in Romans chapter 3, 5, it says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Listen, I, I, I personally, I don't believe that God causes suffering, but I definitely believe that God can use suffering. There's no suffering in the Garden of Eden. There's not gonna be any suffering in heaven. So I don't believe that God is the author of suffering. However, when the door is locked and I begin to suffer uh, patience and endurance and having to do the research, having to humble myself, having to pray and ask for forgiveness, having to make phone calls and say, I'm so sorry for how I handled that. And to see that door begin to open up, there's a strength that comes into my life because of that trial. The key here is to get the value add from the locked door, not to to try to sneak around it because there's no doing that. It has to be opened, and in opening it, it can be opened through God's goodness and God's grace. Worship team, why don't you guys go ahead and come up? I love when the worship team, I love when they do this. It's like they they don't want, have you ever seen somebody like in, in the audience who's got to go and do something up the front, but they bend over like you can't see them going across the room like this? I always appreciate people's effort to do that. I was like, what is Steve doing? It's a little awkward. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Um, Can I give you the last one? Because I can finish. Okay. You know, the value of this locked door season, if you recognize it's the creation of a powerful testimony. every great story in the bible starts with a locked door somebody died and they were resurrected somebody was sick they got healed somebody who didn't have something god provided it for something that couldn't happen did something that the enemy said will never happen happened it's called a testimony and testimonies are really cool they're awesome it's awesome to experience a testimony but you want to know one thing better than just experiencing a testimony is recognizing that's a tool in your arsenal that will enable you to help kick through locked doors that are similar in other people's lives. You know what the power of a couple who struggled to have a child and now they do? Thank God for the child, but it stirs faith within the hearts of people who are experiencing the same thing and puts on them an anointing to be able to pray for other people to see that door open up. The power of your struggling marriage, the power of your struggling family, the power of whatever it is—that mountain that needed to be moved—while that is so hard, so difficult, it's everyone who needs a miracle is exhausted. Everyone who needs a miracle wants to throw their hands up and run away. Anybody? I've I've got a bunch of that stuff, but I'm also excited that this closed door should be open, and I'll get my shovel, and this mountain is going to be moved. And when it does, that's great for me. But I know other people in this world that I'll come into contact with who need mountains moved and I will have an informed voice of faith because I have a testimony. They overcame them by the power of the blood of the lamb and what? The word of their testimony. What you make it through in locked doors becomes the very substance of faith that begins to unlock hope for the future in the life of someone else. We've got a guest speaker coming in November. His name is Andrew Kabbalah. Great guy. Uh, related to um, the Metesses down in California. Some of our good friends, church friends, family. Some of the conferences we go to. Andrew's coming. He has an incredible anointing to see people healed. I mean incredible. He also, as I, I, don't, I don't want to over-exaggerate the uh, details, but was on death's door like Stage, the worst stage of cancer you can have. And God healed him. Uh, Not by pixie dust that came down through the sky. There were people involved laying hands, carrying the strength, the faith, and the authority to see him healed. Jesus said, Don't go out and pray that people will be healed. What did Jesus tell the disciples to do? Go out and, come on, with confidence, heal the sick, move the mountains. I am already with you, learn to do it. And so this is the thing that's come on him. And he's gonna be here. And some of you are already like, oh gosh, give me the dates. I got some people. Yeah, you understand that his locked door, the worst season of his life, but the people in his world didn't get mad at God. Why is this happening to me? But oh God, with my last breath, I will dig. With my last breath, this mountain's gonna move. My family's mountain's gonna move. My, my financial mountain's gonna move. God, with my last breath. And he's a last breath story. It's incredible. The value of the, the locked door. The scripture's here that you can take a look at. There were some young men that just simply didn't want to worship another man because they worship God, and you can't worship God in a man. Don't bow your knee for anybody who demands that you bow your knee in contrast to biblical truth or to God himself. If you and I can only keep our jobs by doing something that is sinful against scripture, I will lose my job now. If I'm required to do something or agree with something or celebrate something that is contrary to scripture, I can be assured if my job's on the line, I will lose my job and God is a rewarder of the person experiencing locked doors. I have that confidence, amen? Amen. So these young men didn't, well, stand with me. These young men didn't, um, they didn't bow to the king. The king became angry, and as you read the story, he had a huge furnace that he had heated up. In fact, he had it heated up so hot, he was so angry, that when he asked these young men to be bound and his servants to throw these young men into the fire, all three of them, that the servants who threw the men into the fire were burned. Man, what a, what a king. He cares more about who he is and his titles and his money than he cares about his own people. Well, that's applicable in some countries, somewheres around the world today. Um, and yet when he throws them in, these young men who refused to bow, they, they said, look, God is able to deliver us but even if he doesn't, even if this door doesn't open, I'm not going to do the wrong thing to see it open. God is able, but even if he doesn't, we will not worship you, O king. King's angry. So he throws them in there. And then what, as you read the story, you know that he sees the three young men. And the Bible says that they were unbound. It's really weird. The fire burned up their, bind, their, their bindings. Were they steel? I don't, I don't know. The furnace was clearly that hot was it rope? Was it mesh? What was it? How did they, how did, how is it that the bindings fell off, but their flesh, they're walking around in the fire. It's not an allegory. It's not some make-believe story. This is truth. It's the word of God. Jesus refers to this. And not only did the king see the three and he was amazed, but he also so said, the Bible says, saw a fourth person there experiencing the fire and yet there's something a little bit different about him. Listen, when you go through the fire, quit screaming, quit calling up everybody on the phone. God shows up in every firestorm that you'll ever go through that been, you've been thrown into. Yeah. Stop misbehaving. Stop adding to the problem by your behavior. Yeah. Lean forward, get your shovel. Let's believe God to help you yeah. experience this. Yeah. This terrible situation the worst day of these young men's lives becomes the best day because when the king saw what God did on their behalf, he clearly said, God is real. We're gonna start worshiping him. We're gonna honor the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Amazing. Your worst moment, your worst situation, you keep, your, keep your eyes looking forward and believing God, not only will it lead to your best days, but to the best days of the people in your world, people that you've yet to meet somebody you've yet to even marry, a child that's yet to be born to you. Several generations down the road, if you will keep your confidence in God and draw close to him, you will believe God even when it feels like your life has been burned to the nubs and God will once again give you the confidence to operate in your gift and you will preach a message that will change the life of somebody. In the humiliation of going through publicly what Eddie Chandler went through he still kept going. And I my life has forever changed. Your life has that type of impact. You got a locked door? I invite you. Worship team's gonna sing this song, but I invite you to get your tail in the, oh am I allowed to say that? I think I am. Get your tail serious. Start playing little kitty, stop playing little kitty games. I believe in God. Get Shane, I'm gonna get in trouble for this one. Shane posted something this week. It said, stop complaining about the road you're on. It's your own asphalt. Gonna say that again, it's your own asphalt. I didn't cuss, but it sounds like I did. Yes. God can do it. He's waiting for you to posture yourself in some type of serious posture to do war, to come up with a battle plan, to sharpen your sword, to get the right input for the plan of attack and do something. Stop being a victim and start conquering. You are designed to be a nation of kings and priests. That's every person in this room. Start ruling your world start fighting for what God, you know that God has for you. Stop looking for all the answers in all the wrong places. Stop avoiding the crooked wall. The crooked wall needs your attention. Yes. Now. Yes. That's you. Come on. We're going to pray. I'm going to jump down here with anybody who comes into the altar, but they're going to sing. Okay, We're not that late. 11:15. They'll dismiss in a moment. Some of you will make fun of me cuz I went too long. And the rest of everyone said, I don't care. Okay, ready to pray? If you've got a locked door, it's time for it to open. You know that you've got to be a part of the solution. Let's go. Make your way here, and we're going to pray real quick. Isaac, well, you could come up for round two, man. You get to double dose, dude. Hey, have you made the decision to follow Jesus yet? Just forget about them. They're, they're not here. ever really been a believer but Mm -hmm. do you know that when Jesus came to this earth he had you dead set in his target before you were born he, he knew you he was part of why you came into existence I don't know the circumstance of your life or your birth but I want you to know that God was there the moment you became a living soul and he's got great destiny for you He's got great things for your future. And you share just a little bit with me. There's some heartbreak. Listen, God knows that. And it it's as a catalyst. That door could very potentially be the catalyst to the great of being introduced to a lifetime relationship with God and stepping into all the good things he has for you. I'm just telling you. So today, I'm gonna pray for you, but you're gonna need to say yes to him. All you have to do is say, Lord, I don't know all what's going on, but I believe you're for me. You died for me. I'll give you my life help me to go through the next door, okay? All right, everybody else who's going to be uh, praying, come on up here, you guys. Posture says, oh, I want it all. Come on up here, okay? And there's going to be some people to gather around you to help pray. And somebody, uh, Paige, will you do me a favor? Take, just jump over here with Elijah in a second, and you just take, you know what to do. Yeah, okay. Okay, Father, we pray for everyone who's come forward today. Father, we're believing you for some locked doors that have been locked by circumstance and locked by the enemy some sick some things that have come upon us in our physical beings that have thwarted us from thriving that have put us in situations where we can't be all that you've called us to be we speak healing in the name of jesus we speak a fresh new day of mind the body of of all things we believe you god and now we grab the shovel and we dig and we pray we declare we speak scripture we declare health and healing. Father, we make it our, our plan to step into good health in life and to do our part. Father, we're believing you. Father, for each person in the altar this morning, we stand in the gap for them. We grab a shovel with them. We make the decision to do this together. We celebrate the locked door. Now, we're not thankful for the door, but we're thankful for what can come because of a locked door. God, you are gonna write the scales. You're not just gonna even things up, but you're, you're the God of more. You're gonna add to it. And we believe you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Thanks for being with us today. Be sure to like and subscribe and visit us at C3SWWA.com for more information about our church.